Well, we've been in a, a series called uh, Refuting Negative Thoughts, and um, we're going to continue that this evening. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. I'm going to read a few of the scriptures we've read before. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. In the NIV, same verses. It says, For though we live in the world... We do not wage war as the world does. We need to be very conscious of the fact that though we live in this world as Christians, as those that know God, we don't need to experience all the negative and evil things that the world does. In other words, it, you don't, you're not in the same place as those that don't have Jesus. And something happens, you don't have to be afraid that's going to happen to you. you. We have a covenant with Almighty God and we're Christians and we need to know that we're in the world, but we don't just go in the world acting as though we don't know God and that we don't have a covenant with God through Jesus. It says, for we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. In the Amplified Classic, verses, just verse four, uh, verses 4 and 5, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. So this is talking about us doing something with the thoughts that, are, that come into our head. Not every thought that you have... Um, not every thought is God. Not every thought is somehow the devil. You have thoughts that are just your flesh, but you have thoughts that, yes, are uh, trying to insert it, be inserted into your mind, and they are evil, and they are negative, and they come against your consciousness, and we should be aware of that. Just because a thought pops in your head doesn't mean, well, that's just you thinking it. Some people, you know, they'll have a thought that's just unseemly. It's not a good thought. And be like, oh, I should never be thinking of that. Well, you should ask yourself, where did that come from? Don't just say, well, that was me. Well, yeah, it was your mind. But thoughts come in. There is a spiritual realm, and thoughts can be inserted. There can be God thoughts, thoughts that come up. You're like, that wasn't me, but it's a positive thought. It lines up with the Word of God. That can be God giving you something, giving you direction, giving you help. And so we just need to be... Uh, conscious of that and understanding that. We read in Ephesians 4, uh, 22, it says that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So it's a process of us putting off the old and putting on... A, Putting off the old, putting on the new. 
And so a lot of the old has just been influenced by this world. Like we talked about, we're not of this world, but you grew up in this world. And so some of that world rubbed off on you. You know, just because the world has fallen and you have people that don't serve God, they don't, they don't love God. And there's parts uh, in all segments of society where ideas have gotten into people's minds and so then they just pass it off you know it could have been in your home it could have been uh in school could have been through other relationships could have been in the media that you were exposed to but thoughts come in and so we need to consciously do something if there's thoughts that don't line up with the word of god we consciously do something we need to know that the thoughts that come don't have to stay and we don't just accept them we, we need, if we become conscious of the fact that the, the thoughts are going to come in that aren't just ours, thoughts are going to come in that oppose the Word of God, and that we, according to the Word of God, are supposed to do something with those, then that'll put you in a different place than the, the majority of the people in the world, because they're not thinking that. majority of people think, something popped into my head, well, I guess this is what we're thinking on now. That's where my brain is. Whoa, wow. It just goes into the, you know, ditch. Well, I guess that's where we're at. They don't think, wait a minute. They may not know I'm not supposed to be doing that, but they think it's just them, and then they can get condemned. I'm thinking that. Why is that thought? I should never think that. Where did it come from? So one thing I want to focus on tonight, uh, let's look at Hebrews 13.5. There are so many, in this context, there are so many thoughts, and a good, good, I would say a good percentage when we talk about negative thoughts, there are all types of negative thoughts, but there is a good percentage and proportion of these that are based on fear. Fear of something. Fear in one way or another. You know, fear of losing something. Fear of losing your health. Fear of losing a relationship. Fear of losing face, you know, being embarrassed, being ridiculed. Fear of the future. Fear of, you know, what the economy is going to do, or am I going to have enough? Fear of not having enough. And there is a good amount, when we talk about negative thoughts, there are a lot of them, but there, there's certain ones that are, they're fear. This is one of Satan's uh, favorite tools, is fear. Fear is the opposite of faith. It's actually faith in a negative thing. And so if we're entertaining thoughts of fear, then we're going, we're going to be fearful and we're not going to be going in the right direction. Satan can push you and lead you by fear. And so when we talk about thoughts coming in, if they're fearful, then we need to be aware those aren't God. So this is one area where we know, we should know if it's fear, that's not God. Because, and we're going to see this over and over and over, that God said, don't fear. And this just stuck out to me as I was looking at these things. He said, don't fear, not just don't fear, period. It, it was so many times in conjunction with what he's doing and who he is 
and that he is with you or he is doing something and then he said don't fear so there is a displacement you have a thought of of fear well there's you can try to just say i'm not gonna fear but that thing can grip you and the way to get rid of the fear is not to try to just combat the fear i'm not gonna fear i'm not gonna fear no you're just meditating on that you're actually falling into the trap is to to replace it with what God is in the situation, and that will drive out the fear. And that's what God said, the Bible says over and over, that's the pattern. Let's look at uh, Hebrews 13.5. It says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Notice what he said there. He himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So notice the next verse. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. Then he says, what can man do to me? But notice he didn't just say, don't fear. He said, I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. Then he said, therefore we can say, the Lord's my helper, I will not fear. The Lord's my helper, I will not fear. Let's go to Isaiah 41.10. We'll come back up to the other scripture. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Fear not. He didn't just say fear not. He said fear not. Why? Because I'm with you. See, that's a different thing. See, that's, that is what is going to drive the fear. When we talk, we're talking about thoughts coming in. We could talk about this in general, and we may talk about it in general. We're talking about here in this context, when a thought comes in some area, I'm going to lose this. This isn't going to happen. This isn't going to come through. What about this? How do you refute that? Just say, I don't, I, no, I'm not going to fear. What do you refute it with? You refute it with something about God that opposes that fear, that nullifies that fear. And that's then what you think on. You cast down the thought that has to do with fear, but one way you're going to do that is you're saying, no, God is with me. No, God is my helper. That's how you come against the fear. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. What? For I am your God. He didn't just say, be not dismayed. He said, be not dismayed because I'm your God. He said, I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. Right there. They put that together with... um, Hebrews that we just read. He said, the Lord is my helper. I shall not fear. He said, don't be dismayed. Fear not. He said... I will strengthen you. I will help you. So you could, there could be a fearful thought. How are we going to do this? How is this going to happen? How are we going to pull through? The Lord is going to strengthen me and he is going to help me. Now those thoughts that would look, try to paint you a picture of something negative happen, something collapsing, something not coming in, something, you know, you, you not having enough the economy overtaking you, any of those type of thoughts, you you say, wait a minute, but the Lord, He will strengthen me. 
He will help me. He is with me. And then you just focus on that. That's the thought. That's the thought train. Then you, you're on. Amen? I'm going I'm to say, no, the Lord's with me. The thought tries to... So then it pops up later. You're not going to make it. No, the Lord's strengthening me. He's helping 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 me. And he said, don't be dismayed. Don't fear, because I'm with you. Okay. See, see, that's the game plan. We're going to see this. This is over and over and over. We'll read this as a general. We're going to see more of those things. But before we go too far, 2 Timothy 1.7. Familiar verse, but look at it. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. So right there you know if it's fear, it's not God. So this is a litmus, litmus test. God never mixes fear with any of his messages. The devil will try to put this over on you. Because it'll sound more like this. Well, yeah, I mean, it's inevitable. This is going to happen. I mean, yeah, sure. Uh, God, it's, he won't say it's God, but it's kind of like it's truth. So it's just true. It's inevitable. That message isn't coming from God. God's not checking you up going, you know, you're going you're gonna to hit a brick wall. You know that, right? No, that, so it should just be a warning flag. No, that's the devil. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear. So if it's fear, it's not from God. God doesn't have any fear. God doesn't strike fear in people as far as runaway fear. Reverence, yes. And if you're against him, yes, you should fear. But not the people that serve him. Any people that had trouble in the, in, in the Bible with God were the ones that were against him. So one thing is, just don't be against him. You cut all that stuff out. Why, why would you be worried about that? God is not, in his, when he comes on the scene, he's not afraid. He's the almighty. There's nobody that can challenge him. There's nobody that can assault him and win. Zero. Now, if we're his children, then we, we got to know that if it's fear, it's not of God and it's not for us. Why, why would we not fear? Because I'm on God's team and he's with me. And so we're going through. And any thought that would say anything uh, otherwise is not him, and it's a lie. Now, if we believe it, if we accept it, it can become our destiny, and that is the plan. Satan feeds these things so that people accept them. And if we accept them, you just be like the world. You can be redeemed from things and still go in the wrong direction because we act like we don't have any help, which is the point. We have to know the way you combat fear and those negative things that the enemy's trying to peddle is by knowing that God is with you and you are not walking the way the world walks. You have a different position. And so it's not God. It's not from him. Let's read the rest of the verse. For, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but what? Of power and of love and of a sound mind. So those are the things that we should, we should say and replace any thoughts. Notice it, does, it says actually a sound mind. So power, love, and a sound mind, that's what God has given us, not fear. Why would we have power and a love and a sound mind? Because God's with us, because He is for us because his word uh, is to us and his spirit is in us. And so we know and we can act on the fact 
that he, his ways will win. And so what do you got to do? You got you to throw down the thought that's going to be fearful and say, no. Why? Because God. Because whom? And you can just fill in the blank. It, does, it works for everything. Why? Because God. God what? God's my healer. God's my provider. God's the restorer of relationships. God will see me through. He's my counselor. He's my guide. He is my strengthener. He's my protector. You just go right on down the list. Just God. If there's fear, the answer is no, God. And that's how you refute those things. And we see this over and over. 1 John 4, 17. It said, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Who is love? God's love. There's no fear in him. Zero. There's not even a little bit. That's why he's not bringing it ever. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. It displaces fear because fear involves torment. He who fears has not been made perfect in love. So if we're fearing, we are not listening to the right thing. We're actually buying the lie. But if we'll get hooked up with God, now that'll cast out the fear. It'll give us ammo to refute. Nope, God. God's coming through. God's helping us go over. God is our healer. God is our restore. God, through Jesus, we have it. And over and over, let's go ahead and uh, read a few more of these. Psalm 27, verse 1. I want you to see over and over when the, when, that it's mentioned fear and then something about God. And when your faith in Him displaces that fear, that's how you refute the thoughts and that's how you refute the attack. Because the, the fear is trying to be an inroads to get you to accept, accept something so Satan can do, you, do something in your life. Fear is faith in what the devil's doing. And if he can get you to start believing that, now you're going toward it. Well, you don't want that. You want your faith to be on him. So your faith in God's got to displace any kind of a fear. Psalm 27 verse 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Notice that. Whom shall I fear? Notice the way it says it. The Lord's my light and my salvation. Puts it right together. So, who shall I fear? Do you see that? I'm not going to fear what? Because God. Because He is my light and salvation. Notice the next part. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord... He's on my side. In this case, he's my strength, so not going to fear. When the wicked uh, came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may camp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise up against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple." For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. And he's saying, so I'm not going to fear. Why? Because he's got me. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. 
he shall set me high upon a rock. So he's saying, I'm not going to fear because God's going to protect me in this case. Because I'm not going to be afraid because God's the strength of my life. I'm not going to be, whom shall I fear? Because God is at my side. Let's look at Psalm 91. Now I want you to look at this as we go through it. You know, you could, we could just preach on Psalm 91 for weeks. But when we're going through it, I want you to notice this together. Notice the way the psalm's written. It's saying there is something about God, so then you're not going to fear. And it lists a whole bunch of stuff. Verse 1 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Notice, it's saying something about God. Surely he's, in him I'm going to trust. He's my fortress. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Verse 5, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night. Notice, now it's starting to say you're not going to be afraid of it and all these things. Why? Because we just read who God is. He's my fortress. We're trusting in Him. So we're not, so then all these things, not going to be afraid. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. You could say, not going to be afraid of the terror by night. Not going to be afraid of the air that flies by night. You could just preface each of these because it's saying nor. That means what we said before applies here and here and here. So we're not going to be afraid of these things. Verse 6, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste in noonday. You could put so many things here. Not going to be afraid of the economy failing. I'm not going to be afraid of any sickness. I'm not going to be afraid of people coming against me. I'm not going to be afraid of things happening to my kids. I'm not going to be afraid of health problems. Why? Because the Lord is with me. Verse 7, a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Again, we're in the world but we don't have the same situation as the world does. Some people go, look what's happening. Yeah, look what's happening. We live in a crazy world. So we need to say, wait, but I, I still know God. And He didn't change. So, yeah, look at all the thousands this is happening to, and thousands, the devil tries saying, you're next. No, I'm not. I know God. And I'm not going to buy that lie. I believe Him. So I'm going to have what God says I'm going to have. Amen? Amen. This is how you fight. Because he's going to throw stuff at. There's going to be thoughts that come that say, no, you're not going to make it. No, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is just a list saying, not going to be afraid here. 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 And if it happens to a bunch of people, still not going to be afraid. Happens to even more people, not going to be afraid. 
I'm calling on God. And He's my refuge. And He's my fortress. And that's what displaces that fear. Verse 8 says, Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. See, these are the things we need to look at. You have a thought of fear, of, prote- of you not being protected, of your children not being protected. This is what we need to say. Oh, no. No, he's given his, ch- his angels charge over me, over my family, and they're going to keep us. That's what's happening. You don't accept what is coming in going, well, I don't know. It looks, looks like it's happening. No, this is what's happening behind the scenes, and this is what we'll declare And this is what we'll uh, fight back with and and put um, in our minds and and in our mouths. Verse 23, in their hands, so look, look at verse 11 again. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Verse 12, in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Verse 14, Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high. Because he has known my name, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. Notice that. He will be with you in trouble. So when you have trouble, when something hits you, the the thoughts will come. Well, it's on you now. It's inevitable. This is happening. You're in trouble. See, that fear will try to come against you and get you to accept the situation. Get you to accept what the enemy is trying to tell you is your destiny. And that's when we need to come and say, no, God's with me in in the middle of this trouble. I may be in trouble, but God's here. And look at what it says next. So this is talking about, this is quoting God. Let's look at verse 14 again and just read it so it flows. Because he has set his love upon me. They're talking about you, talking about me, talking about the person that looks to him. Therefore, I will, what? I will deliver him. Didn't say anything about going down. Didn't say anything about something bad coming on you. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. Verse 15, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That is what God said. So when the fear tries to hit you and said, no, you're in trouble, look, 
You say, no, God's here with me. God And God is all that I need. And He said He will deliver me. He said He will honor me. He, will, he said He's going to show me long life. So that's what's going to happen. That's how you refute those thoughts. You say, oh no, that's not what's happening. The fear is of the enemy. I combat that with what God said and who God is, and that is how we come against the fear over and over and over. We see this. Revelation 1, verse 12. This is talking about Jesus. John is seeing Jesus, and just have, I want to get to a verse a little ways from here, but just reading what he's seeing and, and uh, <clears throat> setting it up. It says, Then I turned to see the voice that spoke to me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of God, clothed with a garment down to the feet, and girded about the chest with a gold band. Just, this is our Lord. He's clothed with a garment, and he's girded about his chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet... As dead. And he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. Then he starts talking about himself. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. I have the keys of Hades and of death. That's Jesus standing. He said, No, you're not going to be afraid. Don't be afraid of me. I'm the conqueror. I'm the one that has the keys of Hades and death. I am the overcomer. I was the one that was dead. Behold, I live. That's Jesus. And he always comes with this message. No, don't be afraid. Look at me. And we read all that before, who he is. Just the presence of Jesus. His eyes, his voice, just the solid. You know, nature, he stands, he's not afraid of anything. And he says, no, no, don't be afraid. Look at me, I'm with you. You have, an, you have a covenant with God because of me. And you're not going down, you're going over. Praise God. Let's look at one more, Matthew 14, verse 22. You guys seeing that connection? Well, I can even go through all the, the scriptures over and over. F- talking about fear, but then talking about God. Never do you say, oh, be afraid. I'm here and you should be afraid. Thank God it's not that way. Matthew 14, verse 22. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up the mountain, on the mountain by himself to pray. But when evening came, he was alone there. 
But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Do you see that again? He said, no, 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 don't be afraid, it's me. Don't be afraid, I'm here. I'm here. Verse 28, Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Verse 29, and he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. Beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got in the boat, the wind ceased. He's saying, why, why are you having no faith? I'm here. I told you, I am here. Don't be afraid. They didn't look to him. They started looking at all the other stuff. And so they were afraid. And he's saying, don't be afraid. I, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? Because I'm here. And you know, it's the same thing over and over in our life. The word, we have the word and God is toward us. His, his face is toward us, just like it was with the disciples and so many of the other things we read. We, go th- we get into a position and you might be in the midst of something where there's pressure and the devil will tell you, this is it. And he tries to bring that fear. And Jesus said, don't be afraid, I'm here. But then we have to look to him. And when we look to him, it's going to displace the fear. If we look to the other stuff and to the fearful thoughts and let them in, then it's going to cause us to go in that direction, just like it was here, just like it, it is over and over. That is the plan. Satan is trying to come to you, get you to look at circumstances, get you to yield to the thought, thoughts, get you to look at, at the things he's trying to make you afraid of, become consumed with fear, and then that will crush you. Or you have the thoughts, you see the circumstance, and you say, but Jesus is here, God Almighty is with me, He's in the midst of this trouble with me, and He is here to deliver, I will not doubt, I'm not going to fear, we're going over, and that's it. And then we have the right story ending, and we can have it over and over. We have these examples, so we don't go in the wrong direction. We can choose rightly, because no matter what it feels like, no matter what the fearful thought is, no matter how real it seems and how inevitable it seems, God is still God, and He is with us in the midst of trouble. And if we'll choose Him... And look to him and cast down those evil thoughts, the fearful thoughts, because we know they're from the enemy. They, we know they're trying to take us out. Cast them down. Look to God. Declare what he said he will do. Then we will have victory. He will put us over. He will deliver us because it's what he does. Every time. Every time. Every time. And if it doesn't look like it, we say, this is just another opportunity. He's going to do it. Watch. He's going to do it. He said he delivers us in the midst of trouble. This is trouble. So we got an opportunity. Amen.